It's all right. I'm like uh, Hitler with my kids washing their hands now. <laughs> Did you wash your hands? Yeah. Did you wash your hands? That wasn't long enough. Wash your hands. Get more soap. Get more lather. Wash your hands. Wash the front. Wash the back. People are dying. Wash your hands. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Yes, guy. Good evening. This is your host, Brock, and on the line from the comfort of his kitchen cafejimatorium. Kitchen counter. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's uh, a little more stable than last week because you ended up on the floor at one point. Um, it's P-Dog. P-Dog is joining me. How are we doing? I'm, you know what? It, this is as excited as you get for college football. This is my college football. U Sports Men's Basketball Championship and Women's being held in Ottawa, Canada for, you know, I don't remember the last time they hosted uh, Ottawa U getting the the automatic bid as the ho- the host team, not Carlton. Uh, although Carlton won, so they're uh, they're in as well. But Carlton beat the Calgary Dinos today. Western Mustangs beat the University of Alberta, and there is a game going on right now. I can't remember who's playing. It might be Bishops and somebody else. And Ottawa U ends the night at eight o'clock. So I'm pretty jacked up, pal. And then I've got tickets to the semis tomorrow. So I'm going, kind of going for Ottawa U tonight. But uh, tomorrow I'm not going for them. Is it uh, if they win tonight, Ottawa U they play Carlton? No, I just want to see them play tomorrow. Oh, I got gotcha. you. That's that's all. But I don't want them to win. Uh, they're the team that cut me twice, two years in a row. So, uh, oh, you know, that's know. why you yeah. cut yourself from the football team and payback. You said, forget that's it, exa- dude. You na- no, I was cut after. But that's besides <laughs> the point. <laughs> Happy Friday to you, my friend. It's been a, a long week, busy week. Yeah. Uh, some interesting headlines. We're in full swing, but uh, what do we got on the agenda this morning in terms of the uh, in terms of an intro? What do you got going on? Well, if this is your morning, it's uh, it was a rough night, but uh, <laughs> all right, let's get in. We're going to get into. Uh, we'll do some headlines. I'm getting ready to go on vacation, so we're. We're going through. We're going to get one done. Just so everybody knows, we're probably going to miss next week. I don't think I can do one from uh, Mexico, um, nor will I probably want to. Um, I'll be too busy getting yelled at for having my face underneath the soft serve machine. Sir, move. <laughs> Let the kids get in there. All right. And I'll be working. But uh, yeah. For now. Uh, there's a, Look, we got an interesting topic uh, triggered by... Jim Little's firing from the Ottawa Senators is kind of what what prompted this whole uh, this whole episode. But before that, we got some cue the music headlines with Brock and Pep. Am I the only one that sticks out their chest when this comes on? I feel like I'm, I'm in a, with a cave. No, no, I, uh, I inhaled and sucked my stomach in. Yeah, it's very it's very Superman-y. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so do I. We got headlines. What's on the headlines today? Obviously, the first one that uh, was fairly recent, uh, I think I only got the news today, was unfortunately the the passing of a hockey legend, a Montreal Canadiens legend, uh, Henri Richard, who is also the winningest player of all time. He won 11 Cups in 20 seasons, more so than even his brother Maurice, uh, the Rocket uh, Richard as well. But Henri passed away today. 
And uh, so our thoughts and condolences to him and his family and the whole Montreal Canadiens organization. Well said. Uh, I wish I was alive for that era um, of dominance. You know, I, 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 there are teams that come to mind. Boston Celtics with Bill Russell when they won like 9 out of 10. Uh, the Bulls, 6 out of, six out of 10 years. You know, um, I don't really think there's a football equivalent. Uh, you know, you we're watching it. Steelers, the Patriots yeah, you were there. The Steelers and the Patriots into Patriots first, and then the Steelers second in terms of dynasties. You know, the Niners were no slouch in the eighties. Uh, yep. Wow! So I, I, it would have been a fun time to be alive to watch watch them play in the Forum and watch all that dominance. But um, sad, sad day. They're losing. They're, we're losing a lot of our a lot of our guys in Montreal. As a Montreal fan, the two Richards. Um, was it not was it Cornwallier or is Cornwallier still around? Bellevo passed away. Bellevo passed away. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh, sad time. Uh, uh, Fleur recovering well from uh, I believe he had a quad bypass, but uh, recovering well. The guy is just a Teflon. Got a great head of hair. A great head of hair. Uh, congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. They clinched a playoff spot. Not that not that that was ever in doubt, but it's you know. Knowing that you're in the dance, you know, you, you don't have to keep your foot on the pedal full throttle. You can sort of pace yourself uh, to the finish line. I believe there's only 20 games left somewhere in that ballpark, 25 games. So, you know, the playoffs will start in the second week of April. Anyways, congratulations to the Raptors. Uh, they're having a spectacular season. They've won two in a row on the road uh, after losing two in a row. So they're playing shorthanded without, without Gasol and without Van Vliet. So great stuff there. Yeah. Uh, the Astros uh, are the whole cheating scandal has now overflown into Little League baseball. So I don't know if you saw that, but there's at least in our area and I think other areas, the Little League teams that are called the Astros. So teams that have the Astros names are actually pulling that and going with something different. They're removing the Astros Association from uh, from Little League around North America. So it's spilling over. People are not happy with it. Anyway, that's just something I thought was very interesting. And uh, fine by me. Go Jays. Go. What do I care? You know what? I just strip them of their championship. In fact, Ken Giles, the Jays closer, is uh, giving back his ring. Is he really? He's giving back his ring. I think the guilt just got to him. So, and he's a pitcher. It'd be funny if it was actually like the just one of those fake Chinese knockoffs. It's like here, take <laughs> it. And he like throws it in the water, and he's like, "Whoa, that's a huge stand." We really, he's got the fifty k one that's still back at home being melted down by a gold <laughs> rush, eight hundred gold rush, whatever. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good and the point. other thing think, yeah. with the Astros name, just for that whole purpose, and we're not going to get into it, but I'm wondering if activists who are upset of names like the Redskins and the Indians and all that kind of stuff who are putting up a fight to have these names removed are now like, it's just, let's just have them cheat and we can get these names removed finally. Cause it seems like there's, <laughs> it, they're taking more action with the, with this scandal than it is for the uh, history of uh, oppression. Anyway. Hey, that's a great, you make an excellent point. So Redskins, Indians, uh, if you guys are listening, uh, maybe cheat, cheat and uh, get yourself a free free name. Won't cost you anything. Cost you nothing. They'll pay for yeah. it. Speaking of Indians, Anthony <laughs> Ghost. Name name ring a bell? Uh, yes, I had no idea where you're going with that. But anyway. <laughs> well, I, I could have gone a, a million directions, but I'm going to go in a safe direction. Right. Anthony Ghost, former outfielder for the our beloved Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. 
is is now pitching in the Cleveland Indians bullpen. He's a lefty, throws hard, good stuff, and he's having a great spring. So, uh, again, another guy that never quite made it uh, as an outfielder. I don't know if it was his bat. I think he always had a good glove, but I don't think his bat was ever big league bat. So he's he's converting himself to uh, a relief pitcher and a friend, not a friend of ours, but somebody we we admired in the last few years and uh, maybe hit the most iconic home run next to Joe Carter in the history of the Blue Jays is trying to do the same thing. Yeah, Jose Bautista is now pitching. And uh, for some reason, I has he ever pitched in a game? Like, has he come in for, like, one of those, uh, you know, long game, we're just throwing uh, a position player out there? For some reason, I thought I had seen him do that, but maybe I'm not. No, I think, t- was it Tulowitzki? They put it, I do remember a couple of position guys pitching. Actually, yeah, Ryan Goins uh, was in. Oh, yeah? I saw Ryan Goins yeah. pitch. Um, yeah. But anyway, I thought, anyway, I... But I see. I've seen him pitch somewhere, and I've seen movement on Bautista's ball, which sounds horrible. Don't isolate that clip. But it. Uh, I think he's got isolate pretty good. Clip. I think he's got pretty good stuff. Well, listen. If he he had a cannon from right field, and even after he hurt his shoulder, he missed some time. Took him a while to get back, but once he was back healthy, his arm in right field was a rocket. Like oh yeah. He would, you know, so for him to to transfer into a a pitcher. You know, a lot like that guy from the uh, uh, Angels, like his name, Otani. Uh, yeah. Those I know you're talking guys about, who, but... who hit and pitch. I mean, yeah. hey, listen, man, if he can reinvent himself, you know, that could be an interesting guy that, to play in the NL because, you know, he'll actually had, go, he'll actually have to hit. So, yeah, interesting. That is interesting. You know, I, don't know. I like guys that reinvent themselves, that, that say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it is just to keep playing the game and make myself useful. Um, I went. I might even, you know, if I bought a boat, I would. I might name it after Jose Bautista, like oh. Ho- Jose Bautista. <laughs> I'm only saying that because I'm quoting a poll that you had on our on Sportsmanlike Convo, and that I think was number one for a while. I was a little late to the party, but I I, I thought my Jose Can't Cinco was also pretty good. That was pretty know. good. It's, that was. Pretty- <laughs> I feel like I needed one of those boom boom sound effects, which we'll work on. We'll, we'll work on getting one of those. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's the you know that's the uh, the world of headlines on my end. Uh, anything else come to mind here? Hockey, you know, hockey's coming down to uh, down to the wire, and it looks like in the uh, in the East, Montreal has fallen way back. Uh, Toronto is, are they even, is Toronto in a playoff spot right now? Uh, they're on the outside looking in, I believe right now. Currently? Yeah. Wow. So Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal could all miss the playoffs. That would be, that'd be really, really bad for hockey. I think in this, in this, uh, region, you know, um, watching the, what's going on in the West, it looks like right now the Jets are the only Canadian team that are, that are outside looking in, but you know, Calgary and Vancouver and Edmonton are all, in a good, pretty good position, I think. Yeah, I have to check uh, on that. It's very volatile. These uh, these uh, playoff rankings. Um, yeah, you know they're just it's constantly shifting. So anyway, it'll be uh, yeah from a hockey standpoint that'll be interesting. Uh, actually, no, I see Toronto now is in six. So between them, Columbus and the Islanders, 
they're six, seven, eight, but they're, it's tight. Like it's 79, 79, 78. So again, it's one win, one loss, and they, they pop around. The Islanders lost yesterday to the Sens, I believe. So, you know, that yep. would have put them up in sixth and then bumped Toronto and Columbus down. Again, it's very, very tight there. And Carolina's right at 75, right below them, um, and the Rangers as well. So again, it's volatile. It, it moves every single day. So it'll be interesting to see the down the stretch and see how it goes. Um, another one of our uh, poll questions, which is what is sparking the discussion we're going to have today, is uh, was one called the worst owner in pro sports history. Now, you posted that, and um, we had our listeners vote, and the top vote getter, no surprise being the majority of our audience members are from the Ottawa area, and uh, Sens fans, and also he's very current in terms of being a bad sports owner, is none other than Eugene Melnick of the Ottawa Senators. That being said, I say we take a quick break, we come back, and we start diving in. We're going to talk about the best and worst sports owners in sports team owners in sports history. I feel like that was a lot of sports in that context. A lot of sports there. Yeah. The the best and worst owners in sports. That's better. Okay, let's go with that one. Sports. Yeah, sports. We'll be uh, right back and we'll get into it. Play sports. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, so we're going to get into a little bit of a discussion on the best and worst owners in sports team history. Is that what it was? I like that. Sports. I don't know, sports sports history. Anyway, I think the listeners understand. Um, (laughs) Sports owners. You You own a sports team, you're either good, you're bad, or you're unknown, which sometimes means you're good. So we've, you and I have done some uh, independent research, and we have some independent opinions. So let's. Do you want to start with the good, or do you want to start with the bad? I say we start with the bad because everybody loves the bad. Sure. Everybody loves to complain about the bad. Sure. So you have made a list. I've made a list. But before we get into that, let me ask you: What makes a sports team owner, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, bad? What would make them a bad owner, in your opinion? Well, you know, it's layered. I mean, you know, we could think of the obvious. They don't spend money. They're not trying to make their team any better. So, therefore, they are fleecing their fan base by really not investing back into the team. They just own the team. The team, obviously, like like real estate, the team increases in value for the most part most franchises will increase in value so that would be like for starters you know the the black and white business side of it you know then you can look at the second tier okay well what what kind of character does the owner have what kind of history do they have how are they with their with their fan base are they present if they're not present have they hired people good people to be present, to market their team the right way uh, to provide a wholesome product for their fan base you know I think those are the marks of of good owners. What make a good what makes a good owner? Well, they they you're only as good as your team. So, you know, there's a chain of command in sports, like in any business for the most part, and you know, you need to hire the right people. So, I look at Masayu Jiri as a rep, great representation of Raptor ownership. You know, they hired him. He's a great representation and the guys who work for him love working for him. 
So there's there's no surprise at all that the players love Nick Nurse because Nick Nurse loves Masai Ujiri, and Ujiri appreciates his bosses. So, you know, there's a respect factor. And you talked earlier about Eugene Melnick being on most of our listeners and followers on Facebook on their list. Well, you know, I'm not here to defend Melly. I don't, uh, we're talking about bad owners. Do I know, do I think he's a bad owner? I don't know. You know, he's not really that present. He doesn't say a whole lot. He disappears for big chunks at a time and who he has talking on his behalf really are non-existent too. I don't even know who the hell Jim Little was up until a couple of, a couple of days ago. <laughs> you know, Brock, uh, tell me if you told, if you swore at your boss and you let's forget unions, forget all this, whatever. If you swore at your boss, there would be repercussions. Not not swearing in front of your boss, swearing at him or her. Yeah, I would I would say there would be some re- repercussions. Oh, so I'm again. I'm not defending Melnick. I'm sure he's he could be very difficult to deal with. Maybe he wasn't uh, uh, allowing Jim Little to show creative whatever to allow him to do his job as the the general manager. But you don't swear at your boss. <laughs> like I don't, you know. There's context to everything, and it you know if you have a relationship with your boss and you constantly swear, so you can swear with your boss, and he can swear or she can swear, you know, as a way of conveying emotions within conversation. A lot of people swear. I swear all the time, but it's not always it's not in a aggressive confrontational manner. It's just the way I speak. Now. You know, if they have that relationship and then it gets to a heated point, then swear words still shouldn't be taken as necessarily uh, uh, the last straw kind of thing. It's it's the way you guys are, are interacting. So whether you're happy, whether you're aggressive, there's swear words being thrown around and there's feelings and emotions being conveyed. Now, if it's con- it's completely business all the time and it's it's very polite and politically correct, and then you know you tell uh, your boss to uh, to f himself, then yeah, there are, there's going to be some repercussions, I would say. But I think it, uh, it depends on the relationship um, and how that was beforehand. But I think there are, you know, it's all context related. Yeah, and Jim Little, uh, he in his official statement said like. For what Ottawa just released in terms of their statement isn't accurate. What actually happened was on Valentine's Day, I got into a conversation with Eugene Melk. It got heated. I swore at him and I apologized to him a couple of days later. Well, you know, I, I'm just trying to, I try to simplify this as much as I can. If it was me and I am a manager, I don't have a lot of staff, but when, if one of my staff maybe had an idea, there was, uh, you know, cross, some cross wires and I didn't agree with him or her, and they told me, well, you know, F this, F that, like, like uh, maybe you should put, think about this effing thing and uh, it's not working this way and F this. And I would, I would seriously consider letting them go. <laughs> like I, like you just don't, there's the minute that chain of command is breached and someone can get away with that, then it's all hell breaks loose from the bottom down. Like then someone thinks, Hey, I could talk to Jim little like that. And then that person thinks, Hey, that like someone else can talk to them. And now Jim little next thing, you know, you've got a, a dysfunctional organization. And it starts for at the top. So you, Melnick isn't on any of my lists, but 
maybe that's why he's not one of the greatest owners. I don't even have him in my top five, though. I mean, there's there are far worse people on on uh, my list. And uh, why don't we just go one for one? Name me a, name me another another poor owner on your list here, and we'll we'll just name our top three or four here. Give me we'll go one for one. Like start at one. Just any, anybody, your third, third worst, second worst, first worst. We'll just start at number three or four here. Um, well, I mean, Don Sterling's on those lists. Is he number clearly. one on your list? He's number one on that list, yeah. Like uh, him, uh, Mars Schott was number two as well. Uh, so for those who don't know, Don Sterling's the racist Clippers owner from back in the, uh, from uh, whatever, till 2014 was the last time he was the owner. Um and then Mars Schott is the Cincinnati Reds owner from 84 to 99. Uh, she very uh, openly supported Hitler and, and those kind of things as well. So, um, you know, and then, again, looking at their winning percentage, I mean, Schott won a championship, you know, in 1990. In 1990, yeah. Uh, and she has a w- the winning percentage of at least a, a 514 winning percentage. I was doing that because I really wanted to see, too, when I was going through uh, these quote unquote bad owners, what their winning percentage was. So, I mean, Sterling had a 375, you know, like most are around, they're all under 500 for the most part. Um, but on those lists too, like I, I got guys, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, Donald Trump from uh, the USFL. Um, my initial one before doing any research, you know, I started thinking of guys like, um, like Dan Snyder. Mark Davis of the Raiders, um, you know, even uh, <clears throat> even Jerry Jones to a point, because I was trying to think of what what I would consider to be a bad owner. And based on our discussions that we had earlier, some of the stuff brought up was like, if you if you know who the owner is and that owner is very much in the spotlight, then they may not be letting their GMs, like, you know, you talk about Toronto. Now, Toronto's not just one owner. It's a group that owns them. But they let the GM and the coach run the show. You have the ability to do it. We believe in you. Therefore, we trust you. Make it happen. A guy like Jerry Jones, you know, we've talked about um, Jason Garrett and his coaching style and, you know, how much freedom did he actually have in terms of football management because Jerry Jones wanted to be so active in it same with dan snyder and you say okay well these guys are um you know they're rich they want to control a football or a team but they don't necessarily know what they're doing you know what i mean what 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 about a guy like mark cuban who his players love him, uh, but he's very, very present on the sidelines. Is that a distraction for guys? Because as, there's another owner. There's a, a different kind of owner who actually did. And this is breaking news. He was just fined 500K by the NBA for criticizing an official or officials uh, post game. 500K for Mark Cuban is like 10 bucks for us. But right. uh, what about a guy like Mark Cuban? What uh, is? Would you ca- categorize his, him as a good owner or bad owner? If you look at his roster, he's rebuilt uh, a, a roster very quickly after Dirk Nowitzki retired and that, that regime kind of fell by the wayside after they've won the championship in 2010. He's built uh, the team right back up, good drafting, uh, good energy in that building. So, but his per- the perception of him is odd. Like people perceive him to be a bad owner. What, what's your take on Mark Cuban? I like him. Like I personally think 
you know, maybe it's Shark Tank, maybe it's his uh, cameos and Entourage, maybe it's whatever. Yeah. You know, you, you sort of have a, a a better appreciation for his his character, I guess, and and his um, his demeanor around things. I f- I find like Mark Cuban's biggest asset is that um, he sort of relates to the players and coaches. Uh, better than some of the other owners. So he's not um, like he wants to be part of that team family. Like he wants to be in there. He wants to be one of the boys. He wants to be high fiving players and whatever. You know, he's not dressed in a suit in the corner. Uh, he's not 40 years older than the players and out of touch with, um, uh, you know, the way these athletes are these days, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pop culture, you know, like that kind of, he's a bit more in tune with that. He's a bit more, I want to say hip in terms of from an owner standpoint. And I think that relationship he has with his players and with that team, um, I think that's what separates Mark Cuban from uh, a guy like, uh, you know, Robert Kraft or like, uh, an, whatever, I'm not saying Robert Kraft is a bad owner, but I'm just using him like a Jerry Jones, you know, where I don't... Sure. He tries to do things, but he does, he's not connecting with his players and coaches. Uh, there, there are so many examples. Like, I, you know, I've read lists of 35, 40 of the worst owners, and they're all legit. Like, I mean, I even look at uh, Dr. Jerry Buss, who owned the Lakers for years. When he passed away, his son, Jimmy Buss, took over and did such a poor job that his sister, Jeannie, who's married to phil jackson uh said you gotta go you're terrible so there's so many examples it's not an easy job but you have to be able to relate to your gm the guy you hire to basically run the operations and the coach and the assistant coach and the assistant gm it it just it's a but when i look at the worst of all time i have two just two people come to my mind automatically and melnick is not one of them Uh, donald sterling like you said the guy used to heckle his own players on the clippers team he used to heckle his own guys and he's a, a chauvinistic, uh, you know, uh, there was, he was taken a court and during a court, he had uh, made a comment derogatory to prostitutes uh, for no reason that had nothing to do with the actual court case. So he, he was that arrogant. And like you said, you know, his winning percentage was 375. He you owned the, the San Diego slash LA Clippers for 35 years before anybody stepped in and said, well, this guy's nuts. Uh, well, was- Times have changed, and it's uh, you know, it's it's not that long ago that times changed, really. You know, where people started yeah. to stand up for things like that, and it's still prevalent today. We just don't see it. And these guys are multi billionaires who, um, you know, that people are finally standing up to. But uh, these times are just changing, and it's not uh, uh, it's not uh, a, a long time thing. Uh, guys that aren't on my list are guys like Horn Chen or the Gliebermans, Bernie Gleiberman. I, they're not on my list only because I just think they were in over their head. I think they just got into something they, they couldn't handle. It didn't make them bad people. I just think they're just in over their head and just couldn't handle it. The, the number one person on my list is James Dolan. Uh, he owns the New York Knicks. The Knicks are the, the, the their value. That franchise is valued as the, the I think it's the richest val- the franchise in, in pro sports, not just basketball. You know, I think it's up there with the Dallas Cowboys and with uh, the Lele Lakers and Yankees, uh, Red Yankees. Sox. Yeah, I mean the Knicks are are uh, they used to be the hottest ticket, and now they're a joke. And they've been a joke since Jimmy took over. And in 2000, when that team that made the championship game in 1999, they started to piece by piece get rid of those guys. 
It's all Jimmy Dolan. He hired Isaiah Thomas. That was awful. He signed Antonio McDice to some crazy, some absolutely insane contract. That was awful. He he hired, sorry, he signed Eddie Curry, uh, Tyson Chandler that didn't work out there. And he... uh, uh, free agent after free agent, coach after coach. Larry Brown coached half a season and quit. Like Larry Brown, you know. So there's there's so many examples of what how he's ruined that franchise, and it's sad. I used to actually be a Knicks fan. I wasn't as uh, a big a fan of the Knicks as I was the Lakers, but I like the Knicks. I think the league is better when the Knicks are better. So he's number one on my list, uh, and it's and I've been talking about him a lot on social media these days because he keeps getting his putting his foot in his mouth he alienated the best nick of all time charles oakley last year and this year what are we talking about with spike lee the madness with spike it's spike freaking lee you say that charles oakley is the best nick of all time maybe not the best nick but the most popular maybe okay that's weird from a georgetown guy who's a big patrick ewing fan but anyway like well, uh, um, arguably, no, I, one, my apologies eight, to know? Patrick Ewing. I, you know, if you're listening, because Pep was a big fan, and obviously you can stop listening oh, oh, now. Is, Move that. Oh, on. is a big fan. He's oh, okay. the head coach of the of my Hoyas. Is <laughs> there's well, you, know, a, you think of, so he's made you know bad moves in terms of who he's hiring, who's supporting cast is. He's made some other bad moves. There's a couple that stood out when I was going through research where I was like, oh, how did that even happen? Like a guy, uh, John Spano, who was the uh, the owner of the New York <laughs> Islanders in 1997. You heard this one? Oh, yeah. yeah where yeah. he lied about his net worth, saying it was $230 million when really it was $5 million and all his checks to buy the team had bounced. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, I, don't, even... I don't even know if it was $5 million. I think it was. Le- I think he was worth a lot less. Uh, anyway, like, is he even considered an owner? But I see that. The other one is that... Uh, uh, the Cavs owner from back in uh, 80 to 83, whatever, Ted, it was a Stapien, Stepien? Yeah, yeah. Where he's got a a, a rule <laughs> that's named after him where an NBA team can't trade subsequent first-round picks because he traded five uh, uh, first-round picks in consecutive years away, <laughs> basically. Wow. like, And he fired, fired three coaches in one season. Uh, anyway, just a absolute gong show where like, again, it, it depends on how, and how you determine what would be considered a bad owner. Like, is it just team, uh, the way you run it in this sense where you run them into the ground guys like, uh, uh, Harry, um, uh, what's it, how do you pronounce it? Frazy, Frazy, the Red Sox owner that oh, yeah, uh, yeah. sold Babe Ruth yeah. and then Pocklington yeah. who traded Gretzky and you know, these big, Deals where you're just like, look, I'm. You're dealing with our the players. Fans watch the sports teams for the players, and that's what they bond with and connect with. And you trade these big pieces with very little in return. I, it must have been Jerry Jones, or I'm trying to think of who, like the Herschel Walker trade, stuff like that, where you're like, look, yeah. they're just not smart. But then you got other ones that are just not good people. You you know, you came into money, however you did it. Uh, you know, it's it's a cutthroat business. There's a reason that they're billionaires. They've you know they've you know cut and clawed their way up to get it, or they've they were born into it. And however that money came about, and they're just not good people, like the the people Michael that are Jordan. top of our list. Michael Jordan is on my list. He's he's a good person, but he's still player mentality. Even at fifty, whatever he is, however old he is now, he he's never been a good owner because he's. He, his expectations of his players uh, and his evaluation of talent is not good. It's not good at all. He's handcuffed the Hornets. They're at the, they're at the cap. They, they can't spend anymore. So they got to deal away their stars. 
Have the Hornets ever been good under Jordan when they were the Bobcats too? They've been terrible. So he's got a player mentality, which makes him a poor owner, and he hasn't hired well. He hasn't hired. I mean, well, that's it's the thing. A coaching carousel there too. So it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and you mentioned Donald Trump. Yeah, I mentioned him just because he was on the list, and it was Donald well, you, Trump. You know, USFL was a very, very good league, a very competitive league until they moved to the fall and tried to compete with the NFL. And that was Donald Trump's idea. Every other owner uh, said, no, we don't think it's a good idea. But Donald Trump had the most money and said, no, no, we got to we gotta take on these guys. This is where the money is. This is where, what we got to do. If we don't do it, then we're, we're just going to be second fiddle. And then the rest of the owners were like, well, we're, we're doing all right. Like we're, we got, we got uh, Reggie White in our league. We got Herschel Walker. We got Doug Flutie. We got talent. Mm-hmm. What, why, why are we doing this? And, but you know, he had the most money. So all the other owners deferred to him and uh, within a year they folded. So he, he's got to be up there as, as one of the worst owners. And he's tried to get back in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, a few he's, times. he's made multiple attempts to buy teams and, it just hasn't worked out for him. So I think he's working but, uh, on a anyway, legislation president. or something like that. So he has to be an owner after he's done his presidency. Like it's something wild. Like that. Yeah, something. In that. All right. So wild. those are the worst. Obviously, you know, a lot of the sentiment seems to be around the fact of you know bad trades, bad management. You say, look, a good owner, therefore, should almost be not silent, but should be able to hire quality people to be around you and and manage your sports teams for you. You've put the money in. It's your investment. Hire the right people to manage that money and the product on the field. And the top... San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. I mean, the San Antonio Spurs, I got, you know, I got... Who's their owner? Do you even know who their owner is? I have no clue. I don't even have them. No, that's my point. Neither do I. He, he's hired Popovich to handle all that stuff. And, you know, he's out of the limelight and he lets good basketball people do the job for him. So that's my point exactly. Is I don't even know who he is. Who is he? It uh, looks like it's a Spurs sports and entertainment. Peter John Holt is the chairman and CEO, though. They spend well. They hire right, the right guys, you know. You know what? And we, you know, that's getting to... Uh... You know, the, the groups like the Raptors you thought have good ownership, they're a group. You know, I have, uh, you know, on my top 10 when I'm looking at, uh, I was doing some research, like the Packers are up there. The Packers are owned by the community, you know, so it's a group that's, yeah. that's running those things. Um, but, you know, I top, the Steelers are right up there. You know, the they Steelers, the, the Rooney family since 19, uh, was it 33? Yeah. And not only that, and I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and chat about the Steelers for uh, 20 minutes, but I, the reason why is because they have stability in their organization and they do things a certain way. They expect players to behave a certain way on and off the field. And if they don't, you're gone. It's as simple as that. Like Antonio Brown, uh, Santonio Holmes, Plaxico Burst, the list goes on and on and on. They have the right people in the right place and they don't free spend in free agency. They draft. It's always been their system. As a fan, I hate it. I wish they would spend some money, but they build through the draft and they don't overspend like some of these other teams do, you know, and, uh, you have to appreciate that consistency within the ownership. So yeah, they're on yeah. your list. They're number one on my list. Yeah, they're on my list. Um, but that also sounds with the the Kraft family and what they've done in, in New England is all the same things you just argued for the Steelers sure. are the exact same thing with them. Yeah, you know, minus a rub and tug or whatever he got. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, George Steinbrenner. 
you know, when I think of historical owners and stuff that, you know, he wasn't afraid. You talked about owners, a bad owner, not spending the money, not reinvesting. You can't say that Steinbrenner didn't do that. Um, you know, obviously the success speaks for itself as well. Um, and it seems like the Yankees kind of fall in that same sense where it's either you buy into the pinstripe mentality or you're out. Um, and, uh, anyway, that's, uh, they're on my list, uh, you know. Let me give a little bit, just uh, well, before we put uh, an end to this segment, let me just give a little, a quick shout out to Rogers. They get, they get crapped on a lot and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, the cable company, um, your phone bill, whatever, but they spent money this year. You know, they went out yeah. and got the Ryu, the pitcher. They got two, two, uh, innings eaters in uh, Roark and Chase Anderson. Now they spent some cash and they're prepared to spend some more cash because right now the AL East looks wide open. You know, the, the Yankees aren't healthy. Aaron Judge is out. Giancarlo Stanton is out. Severino's out for the year. Um, like there's some issues in, in the AL East and this is like kind of Jays are they're looking to capitalize. So well, Mike actually uh, asked me to check out my betting app to find out what the odds were to bet on the, the Jays making the playoffs. I didn't have a make the playoffs option, but I did have a win the East option. And that yeah. was about, uh, I think it was 29 to one. Anyway, okay. 10 bucks on that. So let's see what happens. Um, I thought about taking the Orioles, but they were at uh, 101 to one. Okay. So <laughs> they, uh, the Blue Jays have a, have a chance. Anyway. Um. Yeah, that's great. Let's uh, let's take a quick break, and then uh, you have a surprise last segment for us. I do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And we're back. And Brock, did you ever find that clip of Eric Lindros getting drafted? And uh, I don't know who it was. It might have been. Pierre Pierre Bergeron or whatever the guy's name is. Yeah, I got it. Uh, you got it. Yeah. You ready for it now? This yeah. is this is your Fire segment. So you just tell me when to do it. Give her. 1991, the Quebec Nordiques are very proud to select as first pick overall in the 1991 NHL annual draft. The general d'Ottawa, the junior de l'Ontario. From the Oshawa Generals of the OHL, Eric Lindros. There he is, Eric Lindros. And <laughs> I had the video, so and his uh, facial expressions were like, ah, ugh, I don't want to, but I want to. Uh, <sighs> it was a good day. That Nordiques team was a good team, too. Yeah, it uh, was a good team. You know, he was going to go to a team that, you know, had featured uh, Joe, Joe Sackick. Joe Sackick. Sundin, police is there. Yeah, Owen Nolan, I think was there at the time. But this just leads, uh, yes, yeah, just this leads to my uh, my next se- my next segment, my last segment. I've got a I've got a list of players who never suited up for the team that they got drafted by, and this isn't just football. This is all sports. But um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to name the player, and I all want right. you to tell me who drafted them oh, and where they, where they ended up playing their full career. Um, couple of these are, are uh, I think you'll get right off the bat. All right. But uh, there's also a couple that are going to be, t- well, we'll certainly know that the, who they ended up playing for. I think is that's the easy part of this, uh, this quiz. But uh, anyway, let's see what you got. B-boy. All right. If you, get, if you get 50% of these, um, I'm going to send you $20 cash. 
That's not the purpose no, of this podcast. But anyway, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, <laughs> we'll figure something out of coffee. Um, let's, let's see just, what you got, B. Let's just say it'll be redemption for the last time you quizzed me with some basketball uh, ancient trivia thing you had oh, this, for me last uh, time. All right, what do we got? This is ancient. This is our era, so you're good. All right, John Elway. Who who drafted him and where'd he go? Well, Denver, and he was drafted by well, he was drafted by the Yankees, and yes, but football a football team drafted him after yeah. he said no, I don't, I won't play there, I won't go there. Oh my god, uh, I just watched a stupid documentary on it. Yeah, uh, you know this. I do know this. You want me to come back to it? Come back to it. I was going to keep saying right. Buffalo, but that's Jim Kelly. No. Kobe Bryant. Who drafted uh, him? Was it Charlotte? The Charlotte Hornets drafted Kobe Bryant, and he was subsequently traded to the L.A. Lakers for Vladi Divac. Yes. That's, you're, you're one for one right now. I'm going to give you – we're going to come back to John Elway. Uh, Vince Carter. This is a tough one. Vince Carter was not drafted by the Raptors. I will tell you who he was traded for. Maybe that'll give you a clue. Golden State Warriors. Um, yeah, you got it. Yes, because he was traded for yeah. the other North Carolina player, Anton Jameson. Yeah, who was uh, you know the one that was more like highly touted coming out of college. He was because he was more of a polished player, but he wasn't as the athlete that uh, Carter was. I thought that was a brilliant trade, by the way. Um, Kawhi Leonard. Uh. Spurs, but then uh, I don't know. Drafted by the I don't know. I didn't know this at all. I don't know the Bulls. No, the Indiana Pacers drafted him, and then he was traded for George Hill. Really, at the draft? Yeah, one for one. Dirk Nowitzki, big Dirk, played in Dallas for, uh, but was drafted hmm, Sacramento Kings. The Milwaukee Bucks drafted Dirk Nowitzki and traded him to Dallas for Robert Tractor Trailer. <laughs> Tractor Trailer? That's Rest what they traded peace. for him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Scotty Pippen. I feel like you'll know this one if you don't know it off the top of your head. Um, uh, well, the, he played for the Bulls. Again, the playing doesn't matter. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The Miami Heat. Is that Was that even a team back then? Seattle, they were, they were not in the league. Supersonics? No. So I'm going to give you a uh, Seattle Supersonics All drafted right. him in uh, 86, and he was traded to Chicago for Olden Polonese. Uh, this is, now this one's a tricky one. This next player was drafted f- for baseball, but played football, obviously. Tom Brady. Uh, in, 2000, in 2000, I believe it was. Uh, was him... I don't know. I'm going to say the Yankees because it always seems like they're in there, but no. it might have been the other Michigan quarterback that was drafted by the Yankees that was fighting uh, Brady. Tom Brady was a left-handed catcher for the Montreal Expos. Really? And really? he decided, going to go with football, and uh, the rest is history. Is that say. why his arm strength is not great because he's actually a lefty? He's probably a lefty, exactly. <laughs> That's um, why he plays so one, long. He's like, the next 20 years, I'm playing with my left hand. Right? This this next one, I'm not, again, surprise me. And we're running out of time here, so I'm going to go through the next four kind of quick. Uh, Bo Jackson. Uh, well, the Royals and the Raiders, but he was drafted by somebody else? Yep. Bo Jackson was drafted and traded? Uh, he wasn't traded. He just didn't show. Oh, good Lord. 
Um, back then the rules were different. So basically he was drafted by this team, didn't show, didn't sign. So went ahead and played with the Royals and you could re-enter the draft the next year. And he was drafted in the seventh round by the Raiders. Uh, I don't know. The um, Miami Dolphins. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. I knew it had to be a crappy team somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Eli Manning. See, I, I didn't even know. I can't even think of Eli Manning being drafted and traded. He wasn't drafted by New York. Didn't want to play somewhere. Okay. Was he drafted by that team? New York. Oh, he got traded. Uh, yeah. so, and the, uh, the quarterback got drafted by New York and didn't want to play for them and got traded to this other team. Oh, so they basically swapped QBs. San Diego? San Diego. Give it to you. All right. Philip Rivers. Uh, Eric Lindros. <sighs> Nordiques and Flyers. Yeah. Okay. That was a hand-me-down. Yeah, give me that one. Uh, that He was traded for Peter Forsberg, a package that included Peter Forsberg. Yeah, uh, and the lot. last one, again, another interesting one, uh, Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, who played for the Padres. Was drafted by uh, one of our owners that we've mentioned. Um, Not good. Who's not good for our owner? I'm going back to my notes. <laughs> I got to go back to my... Oh, uh, the, uh, the Reds? Mark Schott? No. Uh, he was drafted by the San Diego Clippers and our good friend Donald Sterling. What? And, In the, and NBA? the Padres. Drafted by both. All right. So they were the San Diego Clippers back then, and also the San Diego Padres. He chose baseball because his all his... The experts said you're too, you're too short. So okay, so some of these guys are drafted in other sports that they didn't go to. All right, well that's tricky. John Elway, uh, uh, the Colts, wasn't it? Colts was the Colts, friends. So let's see, one, two, three, four. You got five. One, two, three, four, five, and you got six wrong. So you just missed the fifty percent mark, pal. I'm sorry. Scratch this out. Boom, you're done. You blew it. Did you just rip a twenty in front of me there? <laughs> I don't even know if that's. Yeah, blew it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Any uh, feedback on our owners' uh, question and stuff like that? We'd love to hear from you. Throw it up on the the Facebook site. We will return yeah. in uh, about a week and a half because I will be on vacation, and we're going out to. Uh, Dan Dan Ren sent me this song. He was in Mexico. Said it's one of the biggest ones right now. So I'll be listening to this all week, sipping cerveza and strawberry daiquiris. That's right. Well, I said it. You have fun on vacation, Brock. I am out of here, literally out of here. I'm going to go watch the uh, Ottawa UGGs hopefully win so they can lose tomorrow. Let's go, GGs. Uh, have a great, safe time. Don't come back with Corona. Uh, uh, just drink some Corona. Don't come back with Corona. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, buddy. You be Hand safe. washing. Talk to you later.